Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. Hopefully the technology cooperates today because Blog Talk seems to be having some issues. We have a fantastic show lined up for you guys today, one that uh, has a guest that was introduced by my good friend, Lisa Marie. I am your host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com, the co-founder of Divisio, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world. And we have my co-host and all-around partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, joining us. Hello, Jack. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? Awesome on this very rainy, rainy Tuesday. Oh, it's just nice and sunshine up here. (laughs) Good for you. Well, you are really going to love our guest today, Jack. I've been reading. I, I think I am. Uh, we have today with us Maria Whalen, who is the pioneer of true individual health freedom. Maria is transforming, transforming alternative and Western medicine worldwide. After battling back from near death and healing herself completely of so-called incurable diseases, Maria created her groundbreaking invincible wellness system. That sounds awesome. Maria uh, reveals how to become your own doctor and gain complete control of your health so that you never become sick again. The Invincible Wellness System frees you from today's healthcare system. That sounds even more wonderful, uh, giving you complete and total independence. She is a figure that industry leaders, entrepreneurs, and titans of business turn to for invincible health. Maria, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's great to be here. And it is rainy. This is Southern California. It's not supposed to be rainy. Oh, it, it most certainly is, and, and thank your lucky stars it is. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's wonderful <true. laughs> news. Man, when's the last time it ever rained in Southern California? <laughs> That's true. We should count our blessings. You're right. Thank you for that. <laughs> we are well, I, I usually start out with one thing. I want to keep it fresh in everyone's mind. That introduction is a great example of leveraging the power of story. You, uh, you have one heck of a list of uh, accomplishments and claims, and it's powerful, and it kind of grabs you by the throat a little bit and says, you got to listen to me, I know something. So congratulations <laughs> on the leveraging of the power of story uh, just right there. <laughs> mm, thank you. It is powerful, actually. I had a coach a long time ago who... I was telling my whole story to, and he, he said, wait a minute, back up a second. He goes, how come you never tell that on stage? Um, and he said, that's your powerful stuff. So I actually tell it on my, my live workshop now. So you're right. It is powerful to tell. The things we think people don't care about or might be embarrassing is, is really powerful. I know that, uh, yeah, I, people keep, you know, when we do webinars and things like that and, and trainings, workshops, uh, Gina and anybody who has heard my story 
uh, it, as it's become known, is my story. <laughs> uh, you know, I went off one time and just told people where I came from and what, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can choose to talk about ourselves when we're telling people about ourselves. And I chose to tell it in a particular way. Um, and now nobody will let me introduce myself without telling the story. They're like, people love that. I'm like, why? Why do they love that? I don't get it. But I understand because everybody keeps saying that. So, okay, I'll keep telling some version of that story. It sounds like the same thing for you. Just, I don't know, but I guess people like that. you got another confirmed liker right now. <laughs> well, if you think about it, it's kind of what we all want, right? I mean, and I think it's what's so cr – people are craving it nowadays, and I – I get it. As a consumer, we want authenticity. You know, you want people who are just raw and honest and real because I think we've all dealt with enough of the facade and the, you know what I mean, kind of the stage thing. So I, I think when we tell our story, people can connect and they feel, you know, like they can trust you and that kind of stuff. So I think it's really important, you know, when you're willing to be authentic like that. So I agree. I understand it. I want that as a consumer myself. Yeah. Well, it is kind of funny. We kind of started to approach the Internet in the early days, in the later days, uh, like the 1950s Beaver Cleaver with such formality and um, pomp and circumstance and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we just really approached it in the most sterile and clinical environment for so long, and I think it's taken us this long to really completely slough that off. And I think we got forced into it, too, because there was no way to tell the difference between anybody on the Internet for a while because they mm -hmm. all had the same claims. They all had the same sales copy. They all had the same blah because everybody said, this is how you have to do it. So everybody started doing it that way. And then everybody just became like a pack of crackers. They all looked the same, <laughs> the same. It didn't make any sense. So, yeah, I think Robotic. we're breaking out now. Now everybody's, like, really raw. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. gone, in some ways, gone some uh, interesting places for some people anyway. It's a good thing. <laughs> so we usually start the show right off the bat with, what are you excited about right now? What got you out of bed this morning excited to greet the day? Uh, this interview. <laughs> no, Yay! I... <laughs> I do. No, you know, no, kid. Have, That's uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's great. I live. I live a great life. I homeschool my daughter. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I travel the world. So, for me to be home is actually nice because I'm usually in some other part of the world. And uh, sometimes it's just nice to be home. And I, uh, you know, I get to uh, cuddle with my daughter and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so it's great. You know, it's like what's what's the flavor of the day? Where do I get to? meet new people and do that so so yeah that was it for me did that ever scare you the the lack of confinement the lack of uh, a box to put yourself in did you did you have a career before this that that gave you those constraints those walls those <laughs> yeah things. i was gonna say and the box scared <laughs> yeah i know i was gonna say the confinement is what scares me not the lack of um, so it's funny because, you know, that's what I teach is freedom, all right, health freedom. It's a whole different paradigm. And uh, so freedom is I'm very passionate about freedom. And um, even with that, I mean, I help a lot of entrepreneurs get their work out into the world too just just because I like to do that because I want to see people have freedom. So, yeah, I did. I had um, actually started in the medical field when I was 18 and then had a move and I went into technology for many years. And I was in the corporate world there, so I got a, a good taste of it. 
and then after that uh, is when I went off to be an entrepreneur and I became a chef and I started my own personal chef service business. I was kind of one of the first ones in the industry. So I realized I tend to like to be a pioneer, so I just kind of followed suit. <laughs> yeah. So that's my game. Well, so tell us more about this uh, health freedom thing. We're really into freedom here. We we talk about you know business tactics, things like that, strategies that we can use to help people continue on their freedom journey. Um, of course, most of our listeners have their own business or are seeking to start one, and uh, for that very purpose, for that you know that's probably the most common thread that people have running through their um, narrative when they come to us is I just am sick of being beholden, making other people other money, whatever it might be, but it's just a lack of freedom is what it boils down to. And this idea of health freedom, uh, and you know, and, and, and looking at a system, what it reminds me of, and then you can go, but I, I just have to tell you that what it reminds me of is the matrix, right? Um, hmm. we have, we're born into this system. We're born in, literally into the system at a hospital. Like we're literally born into a system of healthcare. Mm-hmm that starts us right in the very beginning soaking in it. And we're soaking in it from cradle to grave most of the time. Nobody ever questions what's going on. What, the biggest questions that go on is, um, sadly, how to pay for insurance or how to get people insured <laughs> so they can what? So they can be in the healthcare system. Well, why is that a goal? <laughs> and why do we fight so hard to stay in that system when all the doctor is going to do is tell us we're going to have to chop it off or give you a whole bunch of pills? That's what doctors do. They chop it off or give you a whole bunch of pills. And uh, it, this is crazy to me. I, I imagine that's kind of what you feel too <laughs> about all of this, and, and you're liberating people from that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thank you for that because you actually, you really, you cut off a whole big piece of what I wanted to say. So it takes me a little further faster. So, um, yeah, it's true. And you know, at the same time, this is the the interesting spin on it. Is my beef isn't really with Western medicine, because like you said, most people are really awake now, like they're seeing that. And if you think being on a medicine is freedom, then you know we have a different definition of freedom. So you know, for me. It's kind of just a no-brainer. Western medicine is amazing for emergency medicine. That's what it should be for. Um, You know, it has its place. But like you said, we are. We're so dependent on health insurance. And, you know, for me, you know, I I know that we all need it for emergency situations. We have to have it. It would be silly not to. But the difference for me is that I kind of got to call the shots, you know. I pay so little people freak out. Because I was able, because I know, not just because I'm healthy, because that's a silly way to choose it, but because I actually know how to never get anything. That's a different place to come from. So, like, I know with confidence I'm never going to need it unless it's totally out of my control, like, you know, emergency situation. So, you know, that's just a different place, right, because we're not being dictated to. You get to dictate how things go. No different than an entrepreneur, you know, you should be dictating your energy level, your vitality, uh, you know, your libido, whatever it is. We should be in control of that, but we're just not. So so my issue is really on the alternative side. Um, you know, it's, 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 the, it's a great – they have great tools. It's great resources, right? It's, it's a benevolent thing. However, the system itself is just as broken and fragmented as the Western system. So if you've ever been the patient, which I used to be, 
I've walked in those shoes, and that's really when I started, you know, when I healed myself, I had <clears throat> I had three rare autoimmune diseases, and one of them would send me into a coma every other week. And uh, That's not I went. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really, <laughs> really in the way of having fun. But um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the situation of that, it's a long story. I, I'll, I'll send everybody to a place you can hear my actual story. It's pretty intense. But I went to take my life. Uh, I went through a lot, and I used to be a boxer, and so I, ha- I was very much a fighter when I was younger. And uh, in that moment, you know, that I, that of what happened to me, I kind of woke up from a coma and realized, like, this isn't the way it's meant to be. I'm going to figure this out. And the fighter mentality in me came back. And, and so as I went to figure it out naturally, that's when I said, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. You know, it took years. It took thousands and thousands of dollars. And, you know, you do the usual route. Oh, somebody said this supplement's really good or this modality's great or, oh, you just need to change your diet or, you know, mm-hmm. just do this detox or this cleanse or try this, you know, go to this modality and that one and this will help you. Oh, it totally helped me. You know, and you just feel spun out. And when you're sick and you want to heal yourself, you don't have the luxury of time to try everything, you know, and you don't have the energy to usually. And so it gets exhausting. So, you know, what happens to most people is they either lose hope, they say it doesn't work, or they end up back on Western medicine, right? So that's when I said, whoa, we, there's, we need a solution here. So when I designed my program, I really just came from a place of, like, I want people to have the same kind of freedom I do. You know, I don't ever want to step foot in any modality from a place of sickness. I use it now just from a place of health. You know, I want to get, take it to the next level, maintain it, whatever it is, you know, it should be fun, not from a place of sickness, but, you know, having people all over the world now who can be their own healer, and it's not a fad comment, you know what I mean, it's not just a a saying, like we use it Mm -hmm. a lot flippantly, (laughs) like, oh, yeah, I'm a healer, I don't want, I'm not, I don't want to be a healer, you know, I want you to be your own healer, so it's this very big difference between keeping you guys, keeping people dependent on us, versus empowering people to be their own healer. And that's um, such a different different consciousness. You know, it's a different place to come from. So I always joke that I work my way out of a job because I tell people, I want you to be done with me when I'm done with you too. Not just, yeah. you know, not just everyone else. Every day you wake up to put yourself out of business, at least with one person not, at a time. Not to interrupt, Jack, but did mm-hmm. Lisa happen to tell you any part of my story? No. Back in 1996, I was in a very serious car accident. I was an attorney back then. And the car accident messed up lots of body parts. And the first part that the doctors decided they were going to work on was my lower back. So I agreed to have a four-level spinal fusion with hardware. And that first back surgery gave me a resistant strain of staph that got all the way into the hardware, the spinal... um, all of the vertebrae, as well as all of the nerve roots. In trying to help contain the bacterial infection just to the spinal area so that it wouldn't spread to other body parts, they started me on experimental IV antibiotics. Sorry about that loud thunder. Um, And the (laughs) experimental IV antibiotics caused a second resistant infection. The second one was a fungal infection, And as the resistant fungus got into my heart, my lungs, and my blood, it was on its way to my brain. 
and it was actually so bad that at one point, the week of my 41st birthday, I had three different blood tests taken at three different hospitals, all come back saying I was clinically dead. This was a 10-year-long illness, during which time I had over $9.9 million worth of medical bills. And I started my business as a way to pay for the over $40,000 a month in medication that was keeping me alive. In 2006, I had a total miracle and with nothing but mindset and visualization, was able to overcome both resistant infections, go from a wheelchair to a walker to a cane to walking with no assistance at all, even though to this day I do not have feeling in my legs and feet yet I'm still able to walk without much assistance at all. And I went from being on death's doorstep, quite literally, to being 100% well. And it changed Mm -hmm. everything about my life, my mindset, and even my business. Because I realized Mm -hmm. that I'd made a lot of money for a lot of people, but I hadn't done much of anything to make a difference in the world. And I Mm -hmm. felt like I'd been given the gift of life, And a gift that big had to be repaid. So I do business very differently today. I live life very differently today. Because what was really killing me was the negativity that was in my life. It wasn't infections. The infections were just the symptom of the underlying cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot there. You know, sometimes the medications are perpetuating it, but, you know, it's a, it shows you the power of the mind, too. It's, a, it's such a big component. You know, I tell people there's there's five places our entire body operates from and heals from, and one of those five places is the mental, emotional, um, you know. So it's, uh, it, that's the, yeah. you know, if, if you had had my system then, you would have healed yourself very quickly, right? You wouldn't have had to go through the years of that. But we don't know that stuff, so we go through it and then... And that's why I was so excited when Lisa introduced us, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have so many people that follow me that listen to this show because of my story. And it's Mm -hmm. really not in my wheelhouse to help them overcome the health issues that they've got. Yes, I can share what I did with mindset, but that isn't enough for most people. So teach teach them. (laughs) Well, and it's true. I It's funny because I talk a lot. I get frustrated a lot because a lot of people teach people that if they lead them in the wrong direction, that like you said, you just said it in a very wise way. It's not enough for everybody, you know, because a lot of people hang on that only and think that's all you need, and it's not. You've got to really combine that mental, emotional with the physiological. Um, but it's not just about not getting sick or just healing yourself. It's about never getting anything either, you know, so if you ever were in another situation, you would know how to handle it in a moment, you know. So there's, um, you know, it's just a funny thing. Like in marketing, people go, oh, you can't sell prevention, you know. And I'm like, I get that. <laughs> we usually have to yeah. wait till there's big, big signal, right? <laughs> there's the diagnosis or the big breakdown, and then we go, okay. But as an entrepreneur, man, if you don't, yeah, you experienced it. How much did it change your entire life, you know, when, when you get sick or you, everything, right? So, And it's rare for me to get sick today. It really is. About the only time that I do get sick today is if I'm not really mindful and I 
accidentally allow too much stress in my life. And I really get it. This past year has been one of those life changing years that I had so many life events happen. I can't even begin to tell you. And (laughs) it's been very obvious because I've had shingles this year. Uh, I've Mm -hmm. had more issues with my back than I have had in the last 12 years. And it's all from just not paying enough attention the way that I normally do. Night and day difference in my health. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to have some tools to get yourself to that place because stress should never take us down if we know how to deal with it physically, not just mentally, you know. But if we know how to kind of shield our body from it so it's not taking a huge toll, that helps. And then we never go backwards, you know. I always operate from a place of, I never operate from deficiency. You know, I'm always operating from this place of ahead of my ahead of myself with uh, with my health. So it's just such a different place because we all know how much it affects our life when we're sick. You know, I always I always joke that one day I'm going to write a book about the psychology of health because every day I sit just stunned sometimes at how we put our health last, but it's the only thing that will stop everything. It's the only thing. You know, it'll stop. Everything, your finances, your life, your relationships, every single thing, it always seems to be the one we put last, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, I just don't yeah. get it. <laughs> Why is that our last priority? But um, yeah. I really, my, my passion is to take people from that guessing instead of like a guesswork type to an actual knowing. So like I always say, instead of insurance, we, we have health assurance. It's a very different, uh, you know, very different place to come from with it. Yeah, it'd be a shame if something was happening to your health over there. <laughs> That's got to kind of be the, the mob version of it. Uh, think positive. <laughs> yeah. I just wrote an article today. This is the funniest thing in the world, actually, for, at least for the right now to me. Uh, I just wrote an article on my blog about uh, nanotechnology and how excited people are to think about at the earliest 2050, the year 2050, um, being when we're going to be able to sick these little robots on cancer cells and stuff. And you just go to the doctor and they're going to inject you with a whole bunch of little bots and they're going to go and find the source of your disease and, and attack it. And then they'll just go out in your urine the next morning or something like that. It's just crazy crap. So I, mm-hmm. I just had enough. And I'm like, I mean, I am no, I'm not accredited in any way. Um, but I have feelings on the issue. And my feeling is you have nanobots in your damn body right now. They're called T cells, white blood cells, and everything (laughs) else that is concocted that you were born with. Why are we waiting until 2050 to talk about this? And so then I went in, of course, my uh, big interest right now is meditation and happiness and how emotions actually affect and all the studies and everything else. I mean, it's just pouring out of me now, but I just wrote the article, and then here you are on the show today. This is the craziest, weirdest <laughs> stuff. It happens all the time. Oh, you want to know, well, this will add to that craziness, because just last night, the same subject, I never use the C word. Anybody in my business would be silly, too. <laughs> um, yeah. And that, that should be illuminating enough, right, how sad it is that we can't actually talk about what is real and what is actually there without fear of, you know, all kinds of stuff. But, um, somebody who is a big, big, big name in the industry of the C word um, and had, has basically, you know, exposed a lot of stuff. There's been a, a very big document series, all kinds of stuff about it where all the experts are brought in. And yesterday they just announced they were launching their 
online program. And it's funny because I told this person a couple years ago, I said, you know, I'm so thankful that you're exposing this. I'm so thankful you're bringing the truth out there. However, you know, the hardest thing is that people in that situation, they're going, okay, where in the world do I start? What do I do? Okay, because now mm-hmm. there's 5 million choices, and, you know, where, you know, they're just so confused. And that's where I was years ago. So that's why I get that, you know, that's where my, my compassion is like I feel that for them. And um, I said that to him a couple years ago, and, you know, they had a very big launch. I mean, millions and millions of people know about this now. But yesterday I'm reading it, and I thought, oh, here it comes. Like they actually tried to create a program similar to mine, you know. I read the whole thing. And it's very compelling. It sounds like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, you know. might be for some. But at the end of it, there's six modules. And there's no human interaction. The six modules is like is one a month. And I thought this, we're, the people who are experts in this industry, in my industry, were still so far from the solution. And, and that's why. <laughs> so I was like, ah. Like I was so happy that I thought we got close to it. But it's just not enough, you know. So, I mean, like, I I get it. I know what it's like to be the patient. And when you have something, you don't have time to sort it. And if you tell people this is the roadmap, but the roadmap doesn't have any kind of personalization in it, it's very, it's very dangerous, you know. Like, I was looking yeah. at it, and, like, the second month was, like, detox. And I'm like, do you know how many people I deal with that if they went in and did a detox it, it, that soon – you know, you'd have way bigger issues. So a lot of the things in alternative medicine are great, but they're, they have to be utilized in the right way, and they have to be customized to you, the person, you know. So when I, like when I created my system, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to right all the wrongs that I experienced, you know. I didn't want to have mm-hmm. to drive anywhere. <laughs> I want it from my computer so that, you know, I always felt bad when people across the world or wherever they were, they couldn't go to some clinic because they just couldn't afford to travel or get there, physically couldn't travel, you know. So I put it all in a computer, you know. I'm like, I want you guys to be able to access it from anywhere. And then I'm like, but I don't want it to be an info product because that's the problem, right? I want somebody to do a health assessment on me, know me, walk me through it, know my life, everything about it. So that's I I trained some coaches to work with me. So they handhold people, and it's so critical that it's done that way. And, um, you know, I, we, we work on those five places your body heals everything from. And when you do that, you're not, you're not chasing an ailment anymore. And that's the biggest, that's, to me, that's like the best news in the world. <laughs> because how many people, you guys both, I guarantee, hear this all the time. I have XYZ. I'm struggling with XYZ. And we, are, we have become so languaged around an mm-hmm. ailment, right? Is not what you hear all the time. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that actually, like where you start with someone who believes what their body's telling them and has no concept of the fact that they're supposed to be telling their body, not the other way around. How do you start with somebody who believes they have some kind of a disease, some kind of an illness that their body is telling them and is clearly in control of the situation? Like whatever they do, they run to the doctor, they get panicky, they whatever – and they're completely out of control, but their body is in control and saying, I'm sick. This is my thing. How do you get people to get away from that? Because it's a very, very powerful thing. It's a hard thing it, for it, people to overcome on their own. Yep. 
I, I get interviewed by hundreds of people in my industry, right? They're experts in their own thing. And even when I explain this to them, they can't wrap their head around it. So it, it just shows the power of our conditioning with this. It's very true. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the deal. When I talk about health freedom, you have to understand the de- my definition of it first. And this is where most people have the hardest time wrapping their head around it. So health freedom means to me you have to know how to heal anything. And number two, it means you have to know how to never get anything. And number three, how to do it yourself. So that know how to never get anything and, and like, really, I can heal this? No matter how much I explain, I'll still have people go, but hold on, you don't know my situation. You know, mm-hmm. you don't know my diagnosis and my thing. So so here's the paradigm shift to that is um, that – if you address the body on all five of these pillars, so here's the five secret places. They're not really a secret. They're just a secret to us kind of, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, five, the five places the body heals everything from, which is your hormones, your DNA, your immune system, your physical structure, and the mental-emotional. Now, I tell people if you address all five of those, the problem is we usually address one or two or three you know, we don't do all five. You, it does not work unless you do all five. When you do that, that's when your body takes care of it, right? We all know this is a beautiful, amazing, unbelievable machine. We call it a miracle. The body's like, yeah, duh, I already knew that, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the body's like, it's not a miracle to me, newsflash, but it's okay. You know, it's yeah. miraculous to us. And um, when we do that, then you do it anyway. Does that make sense? You don't wait until you have an ailment. You don't, you're not directing it by an ailment. So it, it doesn't matter what you have. Does that make sense? So I don't, I yeah. don't, with people, I don't come in and say, oh, you have this ailment? Okay, well, let's only do uh, pillar one and three. No, you're going to do all five because that's how it gets you to the place of knowing you're never going to get anything. That's a whole different ballgame, <laughs> right? Yeah. So well, it's sort of just like living anyway. instead of living with something. You know, a lot of people say I live with this disease or this disability or whatever it might be. I live with that. And I'm like, well, isn't that the problem? You shouldn't be living with anything. You should just be living. Like when we didn't have all these stupid studies and doctors and everybody in the world who's become so smart, whether they are or not, they sound like they are, <laughs> about our bodies and about our health and everything – I mean, we just live. We chased mastodons off cliffs so we could eat, and we just. And if something slowed us down, you know, we still struggled and fought. I mean, because that was the only thing you couldn't go down to an emergency room. You know, fag would just have to hold your hand while your leg, you know, healed, <laughs> or exactly. or, Brock or whoever was around at the time, and you just fought. And we've given up. Yep. I I feel we've given up fighting because we feel like we're paying somebody else to fight for us. We'll just go to the doctor, yeah. and I don't have to worry. Well, I about think we're fighting for the we're fighting for the wrong thing, you know, because that's it. People are fighting, but we're fighting for the wrong thing. But to to people's you know side of that though, there hasn't I, there's not a solution, and that's where my my complaint comes from, right? All the time, I'm like, well, what do you do, you know, if you are in that? And what we dealt with a hundred years ago, two hundred, five hundred years ago, is very different than what we're dealing with now. Right, and what, what we're exposed to, what how our lives are and everything. So, you know, my thing is let's not wait until we have an ailment even. If everybody did those five pillars and knew how to do them correctly, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because illnesses would go away. <laughs> it would change our politics really fast. 
if oh, people yeah. weren't dependent on that system. But, you know, in alternative medicine, it's just I feel like we're we're not giving people enough of a complete solution. Everything is still very fragmented. People specialize in one thing here and there and there. And our bodies don't work independently anywhere. So why are we trying to address it independently anywhere? You know, it just doesn't it doesn't even make sense if you understand yeah. how the body works, right? <laughs> so so that's kind of the issue. And everybody who comes to me, that is the number one thing we hear. I have tried everything. I mean, they right. really, really believe that, you know, in their core and heart of hearts. I have people who are naturopaths. I have people who are in the industry come to us and say the same thing, you know. Like, I don't know what else you could possibly tell me that I haven't heard already. And it's like, well, if you've heard it online, you know, if you've heard it because you Googled it, if you've heard it because it's a fad, you know, that's what we think is out there. We think that's all there is. And it just yeah. has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with those things. So, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a know, very there, different way a, of coming. There's a business question here. Uh, because this affects an awful lot of people who have – they're on to something. They have something that's really, really important. Uh, like you're describing in your business, it's not out there. It's not the fads are. They spread like crazy. You know, they mm-hmm. they they are viral. And they, it's interesting they use the word viral and with this discussion. But they're they just go. It goes nuts. It's like eat a grapefruit and avoid bananas, and then you know, <laughs> clip your toenails on Tuesdays upside down like a bat, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Why does that stuff travel when people know better? I mean, they do. They totally know better. Yep. Generally, I mean, they, there's some people out there who might need a little psychological help, but it, the general pop, gin pop knows they're reading some BS right now. But it, what, So you've got something really, really awesome, and I imagine you get frustrated at times when the banana toenail upside down like a bat stuff goes viral and your common sense and, and proven stuff doesn't get the same kind of traction. What kinds of things do you do to make sure that people, you know, who, who have seen this stuff and reacted to it and then come to you because of it, what kind of things have you had to do with your marketing and your messaging to get the word out there and kind of overcome the toenail bat thing? Oh, that I just so much. Up? Yep. No, it, you are 100% spot on. I just was talking about it yesterday because I said – Man, you know, because I teach in my program, I teach people how to become a savvy consumer because that is the problem. When we buy into that quick fix stuff or we buy into that, you know, it's human nature, right? We all want to take the easy route. We want to take the shortcut. I was on a thing yesterday, an interview yesterday, and I said, when did we think biohacking our health is a good idea? You know, and I'm like, stop, you guys. Like, stop telling people this. (laughs) So I do. I get so frustrated when I hear that. But, you know, It's kind of like any industry. I really think most people experience that. It's kind of like if you ever, you ever had somebody come to fix something at your house, you know, a remodel or something, and what do we do? We go with the lowest bidder. That's Mm -hmm. not what you want to do, is it? You want to go with the person who does the most thorough, best job, because what usually ends up happening when you when you go with the cheap price, you end up having to bring the other person back to fix the damage from the person that you cut corners. And uh, it ends up costing you more. But we tend to do that until we get that wisdom and we realize that there's a difference between, you know, you, you, we have to look at things. So that's kind of what I've had to do. I've just had to bring the education forward of that. So when I talk about those five pillars, 
most people, when they listen to my online workshop, they get it because if you've been through it, it resonates. You, it will make sense. It's impossible for it not to. So when you kind of see that and you go, oh, there's these five places and I haven't addressed this and this, or, you know, I say you have to do it in the right order and the right timing with the right tools, and when you get that, oh, I haven't done that either, you start to begin to see why you're missing things. You know what I'm saying? You, you get yeah. why there's stuff like that. But, you know, in general, that's what marketing is. I had had a million opportunities to be in front of, you know, large media, TV shows. I did a show last year, and that was enough for me. And I'm like, I could totally go that route if I wanted to. But, you know, what would happen is they would they would take it away, you know. Yeah. They would shut it. So it's just the unfortunate thing. So that's why I tell people we got to be messengers of this idea of health freedom and more people who want to take real ownership for their health. Not even Don't even put a holistic person in charge of your health. You need to be in charge of your health, but not, not in a, like, positive, just guesswork. You know what I'm saying? You can't just stand there and go, I'm in charge. It's no different than your, your checking account. You, you don't just sit there and go, I'm just going to think positive that my bank account says X, Y, Z. You know, there's some logistical things that you want to look at. You need to actually. I've tried that. It doesn't. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> exactly. So it doesn't really. It works with our health only to a certain point. It's one piece of the puzzle. It's a part of. But you know, we have to get past this idea of the the promises of shun, sunshine and rainbows because it's easy and cut corners. You know, nobody wants to spend more money, more effort, and take longer for results. But if we knew that was going to protect us for the rest of our life, would we do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, so seems like an easy choice. <laughs> yeah, I know, if you look at it that way. But we don't always do that, do we? <laughs> <It's kind of laughs> like, just make me feel better right now. And I get yep. that. It was there. I Tape totally that on. Get Give me that staple gun. I'll get it hooked back up here, and we'll be fine. We'll just keep on going. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. so I mean, I even, I even teach people how to be there on Denver and how to set up your own pharmacy so you can travel anywhere in the world and still be in, totally in control. And that's a totally different place of empowerment, right? You're, you're not going to – you don't worry anymore. You don't have to guess. You know, you're not going to have a surprise bout of shingles, you know. That's, that's like – that's the place I want people to come from. There's no surprises ever. You know, exactly, exactly what your body needs. And, uh, you know – I, I, just if this helps anybody, there's, if you have any ailments, there's two questions you always want to ask. One is, what am I doing that's in my body's way, right, from what it naturally knows to do? And the second one is, what is it asking for that I'm not giving it? So our bodies are very much like a car, you know. It's like we, we drive it, we got to maintain it. It doesn't just go forever on its own, even though, yeah. it, you know. A pretty cool machine. It still takes our partnership with that. So, so those things. If that helps anybody with immediately right now, you know, look at those two questions. That's a great starting point. Do you find it odd that the thing that I thought of right away when you said what your body asking for is my dog going out in the backyard and eating grass? <laughs> no, it's very true. That's intuitive. <laughs> wow, that's cool. I really, I was pretty sure I was going to shock you there. Okay. But isn't that what they're doing? I, I actually had a, a golden retriever yep. named Joe, and I had a garden, 
And on one side of the garden, uh, at this particular time of the year, I had some oregano. And on the other side of the garden, I had cherry tomatoes growing. And I watched that dog go and get a sprig of oregano. He just bit it off like he does with grass typically, or they do with grass. And then he kept he didn't chew it. He walked across the patio to the cherry tomatoes and plucked one of those off, and he made a frickin' salad in his mouth. I mean, he just, like, <laughs> made a salad right in front of me, and then he sat down and ate. It was like, wait a minute, did he just combine ingredients, and aren't dogs only supposed to have, like, a three- or four-year-old toddler kind of, what's going on here? <laughs> so it kind of went beyond uh, the grass eating for me. Yeah, nature uh, nature is pretty funny like that. We we so underestimate it, don't we? <laughs> yeah. We think think we know so much better. They do, and dogs are a perfect example. Like you know, nowadays we're spraying the guard the, our gardens with pesticides. Their their plastics and their beddings are all this, right? So if that dog's out in the wild, they get it. They know what to do. But you know, they're they're kind of having to go. Whoa, you know, this isn't what this isn't normal, right? But they they know how to go and keep continually trying to work with their body. So when a dog even if they're blind and deaf, that's how powerful it is. I have a, a, a 16 year old dog upstairs who is blind and deaf. And, uh, she used to go out in the yard all the time and eat grass, you know, not all the time, but when she seemed to need it. Well, I mean, when you can't see and hear anymore, I don't know how you can hear grass anyway, but she's just completely lost two of her senses that you would think would be one of them very important for finding what she needed out there, and she still goes out and finds the actual grass that she always ate by scent, I guess, and uh, she doesn't eat the poisonous plants right next to it because <laughs> we had to start watching it. I was like, wait a minute, what if she just starts eating anything that pops up because she can't see, and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. She knows where to go to get the plants she wants, even blind. It's weird, man. It's really weird, and I'm thinking, well, Something about getting out of the way, I think, is also a mental thing, isn't it? Because we, we overthink the hell out of stuff, I think. And that's mm-hmm. where we start acting like stupid. If somebody objective came up and just started watching us behave in the way that we do about our bodies, our health, and the decisions that we're making or not making, and, and I think objectively you'd look at that and go, you're, you're acting like a crazy person. Just chill out and get out of your own way. You're, you're overthinking it. Is there an element of truth to that? There is, yeah, it's a both and, you know, because I think if you don't have a roadmap, then you're, you are, you're right, you're like out in the wilderness going, I have no clue where to go, so all you're thinking about is how to get out. But um, if you do have a roadmap, which is funny because I always, like 90% of what I do when we start with people is really the undoing of that mental stuff that's happening, you know, that that's keeping them there. But that's part of it. Like, I'll have people be like, oh, my gosh, how many apples can I have? Will I get sick if I have too many? And I'm like, did you question the medication you were on at all? <laughs> you know? <laughs> They're like, no. You know, I'm like, okay. So that one dose of that medicine, I can promise you, is more toxic than if you ate six million apples, you know. But, but yeah. we're overthinking even the natural stuff because we're just in that. So we're... Like I said before, it's like we're fighting for the wrong thing. We're just we're not asking the right questions. We're not focused in the right direction, and we don't have the right resources. You know, if you have that, then yeah. But I get it. You know, I do get why, how easy it is to get there and get spun out, especially if you've had a hundred people tell you this is the best thing ever. It's going to heal you, and then it doesn't. It can be pretty discouraging. So, um, so I get it. You know, it's a hard one. But yes, when you're in general, when you're working with 
when you're working with people and you're starting to unravel all of that stuff, do you use any tools like meditation or or any kind of mindfulness or flow exercises or anything that just teaches people how to flow more in life, like our caveman example guy who didn't have the backup system that we so think we do now, but just to flow, just to live. Is there, is there any way we can be more or become or practice being more mindful of what our bodies are asking us for? Yeah, yeah, a couple of things. We need the tools to understand it, right, because I think a lot, I have a lot of people who get stuck on that. They're like, I'm just listening to my body right now. I'm like, that's great. What's that mean? (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, your body's speaking another language you don't even know how to interpret. So you need to learn how to interpret it correctly Um, because there's a lot of people like that, and then I watch them get sick and bigger things happen. So, again, it's back into that knowing. There's a big difference when you actually know. You know, it's kind of like legal stuff. You know, have you ever had legal issues? Well, (laughs) she knows. (laughs) Have you ever had legal issues? You know, and then you talk to your lawyer, and your lawyer is like, no problem, right? Got it, da-da-da-da-da. It's because they know the law, and we tend to get scared about legal issues because we're not, we don't know. It's the unknown. So, um, so there's a level of we do need to know some things. We need to educate ourselves a bit on that. But, but yes, the other piece of that is that it's like we can obviously create a lot of problems for ourselves with our mind. And a lot of people are really stressed right now. So, of course, there's so many things. So when I get to my mental-emotional module, the funny thing is I actually put my mental-emotional module at the very end. So we do 12 weeks' worth of stuff to work on those five pillars. And at the end, I did that. And the reason I did that is because when I was sick, the last thing I wanted to do was talk about, you know, past stuff or my emotions, that kind of thing. I was like just, you know, I was so tired of people going, just think positive. I'm like, I'm going to positively punch you if you tell me that again, you know. <laughs> like, that's the last thing you want to hear when you're suffering because it makes it sound like it's you, you know, that the issue is just you, and that's how people hear it. So my thing is, let me get your vitality up immediately, and when your vitality is up, what happens? You know, the distance between your emotions and your stress becomes shorter. It doesn't seem as big, and you feel better. And then when you're better and you're on the other side of that, great, now let's work on that stuff, and then it's not going to come back, you know. So. I just kind of do it that way, but what I do is I create a lot of resources because every person is so different, you know, yeah. what, what might and work they for kinda, you. They go, they go to the grass that they need if you give them enough resources, the grass that works with their body. Exactly, exactly. And it's just more emphasizing the importance of how much your body is impacted by your stress. You know, physiologically, it's a huge, huge thing. And we are not going to completely avoid stress. And if you're complete Pollyanna, you're probably not living in this world. You're probably not doing, you know, I really believe like loving other people is is the most healing thing you can do. But that's also one of the most challenging things to do. You know, love people who Mm -hmm. might be difficult. Loving people that are difficult to love, not the ones that are easy to love. So, you know, it can be healing. But at the same time, it's like you've got to, you can't just be Pollyanna, you know, if you're in this world. So you've got to know how to how to get your mindset correct and how to not have it hit your body so hard because we're just not going to avoid stress in life, but we can mitigate its damage to our body. Yeah. I love this stuff. Man, everything you're talking about is leverage. And, I mean, you could do so many allegories between this and business. I just love that we get to have these conversations on what would be thought of as, oh, that we're going on a business show. 
But we talk about stuff like this all the time, and I'm hoping that everybody's picking up on the things that you're saying about your particular area, which is health and vitality and, and healing and things like that. You use so much leverage in the way that you talk about how we can make ourselves better, how we can stay better, so that we can never get sick. And, and I mean, it's all leverage tools. There's, it, you change a couple of words around, and you've got stuff from our book, The Leverage Black Book. Just it's all about business. <laughs> and, it is. You know, I love business. The health of I your business is quite the same as the health of your body. A lot less complicated in some senses, but uh, but still, we use the same kind of metaphor and everything. It's uh, pretty wild, actually. Especially because yeah, I like is. talking it's, to you guys about what you want to talk about. Like, <laughs> it's it got really evident really quickly that people didn't want to come on and just talk about their business and how they became so awesome. Although we love to touch on that every once in a while throughout the, the conversation. But uh, I think we have a lot more to learn from people, um, from you, when we bring you on and talk about this stuff um, that, that you do and that you're into because there's so many hidden lessons in there that, aren't, that don't have directly to do with what you're talking about. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's good. It's no different than Olympic athletes. They want to have the competitive edge. They want to have the advantage. You've got to do that in business. You know, if you don't have the advantage, yeah. and part of that, well, a big chunk of that is you, you know, especially if you're an entrepreneur, uh, you know, you got to have you got to have you to carry that through. You don't want to work your butt off to make a bunch of money to not get to enjoy it and do things, you know, and be a part of enjoying that. I watch people do that all the time. You know, make your life purposeful. Do what you love to do, you know. I, oh, there's when a you lot of that, truth to that. Oh yeah, my God. there's uh, there's guys person? my age now that are putting up, that are putting up videos right now, push up challenges and stuff because we beat our bodies into the freaking ground from like 2000, 1998, uh, when a lot of us first gens started with uh, business and internet and stuff. And um, I I'll, I'll just go ahead and confess, I I drank about a six pack or more of Mountain Dew, not diet Mountain Dew, but Mountain Dew every single day. Sat in front of the computer didn't exercise, ate crappy food, crappy, the crappiest food you could. And I, but I was a success. That was the most money I ever made. But I was beating myself to death. Like, uh, you know, it was crazy. And we're all now putting up push-up challenge videos. Everybody's getting in shape. Everybody's, and they, we all <laughs> still have like, these little tires around us that we're still trying to get rid of completely and all that. And it's just funny how, you know, you, you, you think you're doing everything right. I'm working in my business, and I, I have this don't quit attitude, and I'm just I'm going to burn the midnight oil. I'm going to, you know, I'm doing all these things that the greed movies and everything else said were the good thing to do to to be a success, to be big. But mm. man, I got big. I'll tell you that I got really big. I almost hit 300 pounds. <laughs> um, mm, wow, was good too, but it was too much of a sacrifice. It was far, far too much of a sacrifice. And a lot of us guys who came up in that. Uh, from that period are now making up for that and now learning mm -hmm. and, and caring more about how we not just eat and exercise and things, but how we feel like, yeah. you know, people care more about what's on their buffet when they go to an all you can eat buffet than they care about the emotions that they choose to have at any given moment right. or that they have the power to do so. And it's yeah. fascinating. <laughs> like to me now, it's really fascinating to make a science, a study out of it. And that's pretty much all I do now is just think about that stuff and talk to people like you who are in in that area of, wow, we have a lot more control. Um, you just have to grant yourself that control and don't be scared. 
Do you think people are just you have, scared to leave the system? Oh, totally. That fear is such a big one. I talked about that yesterday so much, you know. But, uh, you know, it is. we make it so complicated. I mean, it really, really isn't. I know that might be frustrating to hear when we're in it, but if you step back a little bit, when you want your freedom bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes. So sometimes it would take us getting to the end of what we're willing to tolerate and call it normal, you know. And so when we get when we get done with that game and we're like, no, 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 I have one life to live. Some for some of us, it takes a life threat situation, right? Mhm. That was mine. So it depends on where you come to the end of your rope and you go, this isn't the way it has to be. There are choices. There's so many other things, you know. Being an entrepreneur, doing something you love, even if you're doing something you're skilled at, that you're good at, and you make money, and you make a lot of money, you can still use that money to do good and help others, you know. So it doesn't have to be, you know, only a job that, you know, is giving back kind of a thing. It can still be your skill. You can still make all of those things happen, you know. But if you're not living from, like, a place of complete energy and vitality, it's going to be very challenging to do those things. You know, you're swimming upstream. So if you take care of yourself first, and I really believe, like, when we when we do really put our mask on first, it is really critical, you know. It is a big deal because it, you know, my daughter is 11, and she watches everything I do. And, you know, she's, she's an athlete. So, I, you know, I can only lead by example. It's such a major, major difference. We make a ripple effect when we are the example of that. Yeah. So I, you know, I just joke about, have you ever sat in a room with 10 people who are in optimum shape, like so healthy, health conscious, health minded, and sat in a room with 10 people who are completely opposite of that? It's a very different feeling, you know. So yeah. I, never, I never hear people go, I love being sick. But anytime people are really healthy, you always, always hear them say that. When you're healthy, people go, I love feeling this way. You know, yeah. it's the only time you hear that. You never hear people go, I love being sick. <laughs> but yet, to get there, it's like, ah, oh, no. You know, why would we not want to? Sometimes you just haven't tasted it yet, you know? It should be, That's it should why be I, simple. I, yeah. It should, and it should be purposeful. Like, what do you do when you're healthy? Like, everybody talks about being healthy, but where are the examples of people like uh, Jesse Graff, the Wonder Woman, who just won the whole or, or qualified or got as further than any other woman ever has in the, um, oh, well, there's that obstacle course show. And when you see her taking that healthy body that she's just obsessed with, not with her body, she's obsessed with breaking barriers and in mm-hmm. a sport that's been dominated by men, and she's kicking their butts. I mean, she's like, it's not even close. She is totally, but the body that she has built is a marvel to behold because it's like chiseled. It's like made out of stone. And, but it's not her point. It's, her point is to just, I have to have grip strength. Men have typically more grip strength easier, and I've got to work ten times harder to get my grip strength up so that I can hold on to these little tiny ledges climb these rocks, do all this stuff, and be competitive. And I think what a great – that's, to me, the, most, the epitome of the example of why do we want to be healthy. Is it to be healthy? Is it to – yeah. or to look a certain way? I think it's really cool to have really good examples of people who are doing stuff that's very cool with their health that you can't do yeah. when you weigh 300 pounds. 
<laughs> That's right. I raised my daughter Montessori, and they teach. They even teach in Montessori at a young age that self-confidence actually comes from self-accomplishment, and self-accomplishment and um, and self-care. And, you know, it's like that's – and that's such a profound thing, but yet so – you know what I mean? It should be just yeah. so basic 101, but it is true. So you want to feel better. It is better funny how everything comes back to a small, very simple and elegant thing. It's what physicists have been chasing since the beginning of physics, the elegant, you know, <laughs> equation that explains the entire universe in one elegant, simple statement. And I'm like, that's a worthy pursuit beyond physics, like what you just mentioned. It's there. It is good that a, that an answer can be simple, and we should probably be seeking for it in that direction, right? Instead of always looking for the super more complicated ways, because I think with more complication, doesn't that kind of screw things up almost everywhere you look? Yeah, absolutely. It really is. I always tell people you got to have the remote control to your body. When you have the remote control to your body, it's as simple as changing a TV station, you know. So that's like, I guess, kind of the question you were asking before about how we make things complicated. You know, if you learn the remote control to your body, then and, and the same thing with business, kind of learn the basics, you get to dictate how your life looks, how your body looks, how, you're, how you feel, all that kind of stuff. So uh, all right, you, you just got to have... We have th- we have about three minutes left. I'm sorry, but I have to brag about you. So tell us how we can brag about you. Where do we learn about these five pillars? Where do we learn about your program and get into your sphere of influence? Yeah, I will. Uh, I, I give your. I think you have a link to my online workshop I sent you that you can give okay, to your so audience. Okay, so that's down below here, wherever you guys are listening right now. Awesome. How about so, Facebook or anything like that? We we know you got a group or something. You, <laughs> you know what? I don't. I do, but it's a private group for my graduates. Um, only ah. because I, I don't. I don't talk about individual pieces about health because then I'm only part of the problem. So I'm getting. You know. So the workshop is really, really helpful. Even if people don't work with me, I don't care. Listen to the workshop because when you learn about those five pillars, you're really empowered. You can see what you might have been missing. You can point your energies to the right direction. At the end of it, there's an application. We do an application process only, so you can't even, like, just go purchase my program. So um, if people want to, there's an application at the end of that workshop. Uh, otherwise, and it's, there's no pressure to it. It's really a no, no-brainer no <laughs> um, kind of thing. You know, you have nothing to lose. So, um, But if anything, just gifting your, your group and your audience that workshop um, I believe that one thing. If everybody had health freedom, we would change our planet drastically. So um, yeah. that's kind of my empowerment mission for everybody. Awesome. Well, I think healthy people are happier people, and happy people don't suck or cut you off in traffic or start wars or famine. or. <laughs> so, I mean, it goes to my purpose, too, with Thriverly, um, <laughs> which is my thing, is I want to just make a lot more happy people so that my world can be safer and healthier and happier around me. It's a totally selfish reason, actually. <laughs> but it's I think good. healthy people are happy, too. They all seem to smile a lot. <laughs> you don't really see un- unhappy, uh, healthy people too often. You're right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing this with us today. This has been really, really, really great. And I am going to be the first one to go check out your uh, workshop because I am super, super interested in this stuff. So thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, Thanks so much for having me, you guys. I love what you guys are doing. So it's great to be a part of it. Thank you, Maria. It was 
awesome having you here. And if we can ever do anything to help, please just let us know. Awesome. Likewise, happy to help anytime. If you guys have we'll be uh, back. any business, yeah, if you have any business people you guys ever want on the show to help with resources, I'm happy to provide that too. Oh, that's fantastic. We'll definitely take you up on that. And yeah, we'll be anytime. back same time, same place next week, guys, for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters. Thank you.